Welcome to Disrupted by Distributed Ledger. In this podcast series, we share thoughts and insights of outstanding trendsetters in the blockchain world, as well as the roller coaster rides of their companies. Hello, everyone. So today I have here with me Mr. Brian Bong, the CEO of Smart Ops. Hi, Mr. Brian. How are you doing? Uh, very well, uh, Shaza. Thank yeah. you very much for inviting me here. No worries. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you here. So we want to talk about today. It's about smart ops as well as blockchain. So and there's also something a little bit new in uh, in today's topic. It's not just about blockchain. There's something about DAG. So, as for the first question, Mr. Brian, what would be a one-liner that you usually introduce to people about blockchain, especially, you know, those who don't know about it, that goes to you like, hey, Mr. Brian, what is blockchain? So what would you say? Um, typically, I would just tell them that uh, blockchain essentially is, is a blocks of data that's chained together sequentially using cryptography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One-liner, I'm not sure that's too technical for them, but... Yeah. That's usually yeah, what you actually, say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure they'll ask further, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I know yeah. just to just to summarize it all up. Yeah. Okay, so and what are the principles on which blockchain technology is based on? What are the values that it's carrying? I think the biggest values I would stress on three three points. One the, the very first one is uh, blockchain is immutable, mm-hmm. meaning the data once you enter in, it cannot be changed. I think there's a biggest value to the business or the, the public who want to get involved in the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the data, once it can't be changed, then you can trust it. Nobody can <clears throat> manipulate the, the data. Mm-hmm. The other thing is transparency. Um, because in a public blockchain, everybody can go on the network to verify, to view the data. Mm-hmm. You see, So it, it becomes very transparent. So it's fantastic for those use cases that need this uh, transparency, and then they, which also they can put the data in the public for public review, if you like. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is decentralized. Uh, as uh, network participants, all of us and everyone can make a identical copy of the ledgers, mm-hmm. of the ledgers, and onto your computer, which you can check it. So that also make it very difficult for hackers, if you like, mm-hmm. to, to manipulate or change any data because if the this identical ledgers is stored in thousands of computers, it's going to be very difficult mm-hmm. for anyone trying to change everything. So I think these are the three key uh, principles which is more attractive. Of course, there are other qualities mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, but what do you think could be the impact of blockchain, both positively and also negatively, as it comes with technology sometimes, you know, the negatives you can't quite avoid in terms of uh, how it affects human behavior, so to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the biggest uh, impact for blockchain is what we call the trustless system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we would try to tend to think about trustless is a new trust. You see, when you go to the bank, the open an account, the bank will ask you for your ID and all those, because bank don't trust you, mm-hmm. right? You, you do put your fingerprint, you do get the ID and everything. But now, using blockchain, you don't have to present these identities. Um, 
then how do you trust the transaction? You basically trust the codes. Mm-hmm. You trust yeah. the programs. You trust the cryptography. I think that there's a biggest impact uh, to to the society as a whole mm-hmm. using blockchain. But of course, it, it, it probably doesn't apply to all the use cases or scenarios. It's very good for certain things, but may not applicable for certain scenarios. Um, then the 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 other exciting thing is transparency, you know, between businesses who can, uh, because of using blockchain, they mm-hmm. can trust each other better. In this, for example, a factory can publish their their manufacturing data on a blockchain, mm-hmm. you know, so that their customers can look at it and say, okay, you you are really using the the right size for screws or, or parts or whatever in there. For example, I mean, we are from a healthcare IT industry for pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. They can actually publish their 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 manufacturing debt, the batches, all the things in, in the, of the drugs and the manufacture, by which machines and over time. There's all timestamp, all this information can be published on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And because it's serialized, mm-hmm. in future, when the drugs reach a consumer hand, the consumer can actually verify that this drug is manufactured by which company, at what time, mm-hmm. with which machine. So this then that will be very useful for, uh, you know, to get rid of counterfeit drugs counterfeit. in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And how about the negatives? Would you say <laughs> negatives? Negatives. I, I I would think that blockchain is overhyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I think a lot of uh, unfortunately a lot of you know, uh, ICO goings around are not being honest about what mm-hmm. it can do and, mm-hmm. and what it can't. So I think there are a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh, negativity being created through these ICO activities, um, projects not delivering what they intended for, a lot of people are losing money and, 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 and all those things. But overall, I, I, I personally think that the blockchain technology is great if mm-hmm. you use it for the right use cases. Yeah. yeah. So, just going to the element of trust that you were talking yeah. about earlier. So how, I mean, as you were saying, the negative side is that some people may, you know, manipulate and take advantage and have some scams that's going yeah. around blockchain. So how can people trust the technology when they, they're not even sure how it is going to apply? And also, how, which, how do they choose which one is the right one? How would they know? I I, I guess it's pretty hard. Uh, the, the basic principle is that if, if I look at any new ICOs, any co- new coins coming up, then we really have to question, I, mean, I will start questioning what is the use cases, what is a coin for? Does it make sense for that scenario? Do I need a coin? Do I, For example, um, for medical, okay, let's say medical side. Okay, there's some medical coins that comes out and say, okay, to get this service, uh, you need to purchase the coin, the medical coin, so that you can get the service. But in real life, why do I need that? Because I can just pay in cash. Yeah. In fiat money, a yeah, credit yeah. card, <laughs> you know, why so so what is the incentive for people to buy a coin mm-hmm. coin to, to go to hospital or to get some medical services, which is mm. we we, we Personally, I don't think that that kind of uh, scenario will work. But 
on paper it sounds very nice mm-hmm. you know it, you you buy a coin you get this you get that you get this reward that reward but think about it for the general public it is very difficult to buy coins yeah. think about it in malaysia yeah. how do you buy a coin you need to go to the the exchange first thing you need to find figure out how to transfer money to an exchange with a lot of banks been bar yeah. for now in malaysia mm-hmm. and after that you have to buy probably into ether or bitcoin mm-hmm. and then from there you need to transfer to another exchange convert into that medical coin if you like or whatever coin mm-hmm. that in between that exchanges you're losing tons of money already mm-hmm. okay yeah. uh, you know transaction fee you know so there there are certain things that uh, they they're not justifiable that mm-hmm. we we think so i think the consumers have to be very careful about thinking you know that, not that, just that, go into the hype yeah not go to the hype understand the use cases basically ask yourself would you use it mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah i i think that so um the so what do you think would be when when would we actually be at that point where blockchain would actually i mean cryptocurrency for that matter would actually be used by the man on the street for instance your imagination how much time do we need in uh, for for this industry to mature i think to use it as a cryptocurrency is is a very very big challenge uh because at the moment if you look think about it that uh, if you use uh, a, a, a bitcoin for the matter of course bitcoin is too expensive as a day to day currency um if i transfer you 1 dollar you get 99 cents i'm not sure that 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 make make sense you know yeah. uh, so so uh, on a general and also that governments uh personally i think government would never let you touch their currency mm-hmm. um so as a general currency i would think is is he another 5 years or 10 years mm-hmm. if you ever get materialized mm-hmm. uh, I, the sure. actual use of blockchain the actual use, yeah because and also the other thing is that as a business would i accept crypto cryptocurrency because cryptocurrency is so volatile mm-hmm. you know it's not like us dollar i know that may be past Five or ten cents yeah. difference, you know. Mm-hmm. So if I collect a uh, uh, Bitcoin today, tomorrow if I get lucky, it go to another thousand. If not, it drop another thousand. So as a business, volatility, volatility risk is too high. Is is too high, and then you cannot plan. Mm-hmm. You cannot plan because the the fee also the transaction fee also varies. Mm-hmm. So that that is a big challenge to to have it as a currency per se. Current. Yes. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. So right now, let's go into smart ops. So tell us a little bit more about your company. How was it founded and when was it what do you want to achieve? Okay. Smart Smart Ops was founded in 2014. We started mm-hmm. up as a company developing uh, internet bandwidth management and uh, server load balancing devices or appliances, mm-hmm. uh, network appliances. Uh, at that time it makes total sense for us to do that because the market uh, at that time uh, internet it was expensive yeah mm-hmm. i know today you know thanks to the new government <laughs> the price has dropped a lot uh-huh. uh, but at that time it makes sense for for co- corporates to say okay i i i want to buy a device and manage the 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 bandwidth but the moment that we finish our device development which is took us about more than a year then market change market sentiment change uh, bandwidth also price also dropped Mm-hmm. So it's giving the a lot of corporates a lot less incentive to 
mm-hmm. you know, purchase a device. And also in terms of the server load balancer appliance, timing was also wrong for us when we are ready. Then all this cloud thing comes in, you know, data center cloud. So a lot of hosting has moved to data center. Mm-hmm. So that means they don't no, no longer need the appliance in their yeah. office to stick it in. So I would say this project was a failure, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we didn't do well on that. Mm-hmm. Then so later on, then we say, okay, why don't we try uh, building something um, for remote health uh, monitoring. So a new discovery was uh, formed. Yeah, something <laughs> a new idea yeah. of innovation. Yeah, something because um, me and my partner both of us are, have, been, have been in healthcare IT for over twenty years. Oh, healthcare. Yeah, IT. yeah. I started okay. with Lion Hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, project management. So mm-hmm. then, then, then we say, okay, let's just try that. And then we we develop Android apps mm-hmm. to 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 connect to Bluetooth medical devices mm-hmm. like glucometer, blood pressure monitor. Mm-hmm your smartwatch, you know. Yeah. So we've done that. Uh, we spent about a year plus. It's running fine a year plus. Um, the next thing we're actually working on is, is ultimately is how do we use this solution to to help the hospital mm-hmm. to reduce the average length of stay. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what that means is that uh, hospital typically, uh, especially privates, even governments, yeah. um, they're typically short of beds. Yeah. Okay. Some of them that a lot. Yeah. Occupancy is always above ninety. Correct. Correct. So a lot of time they would have to turn away patients. Yeah. Okay. Now, how one of the way we are trying to help them is, what if those patients in the ward, who are relatively healthy, you know, after operation, you know, been there for two days, maybe mm-hmm. instead of keeping them to observation for another one two nights, mm-hmm. take a blood pressure or an, an oximeter with you. Go mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. Uh, and send the data back to the hospital for monitoring, so uh, so then they can free up the bed. But they, the hospital can, can still monitor. Yes, remotely. Yeah. Remotely. Re- remotely. Okay. So there's something we're building is still. Under, so in real time, so to say, is it? It, it, it depends. Uh, if you talk about um, blood pressure, you don't need in real time. You can yeah. unless you tell the the, the family yeah. members say maybe every hour you just go mm-hmm. and check, or every three hours you go and check. The oximeter can be in real time. Mm-hmm. It depends on the requirement. Make it mm-hmm. could be if he, it's just like in the ward. The nurse come in every couple of hours, yeah. take the reading, then you get transmitted to the you know to the mm-hmm. hospital. So doctors or the nursing team mm-hmm. can be looking at the data and, and if they see any abnormal data, for example, oxygen saturation has dropped below ninety three or ninety, mm-hmm. it give an alert and say, hey, you better come back come here. Back to the hospital. Yeah. So that's what something we're building, and then. Um, then the, the the whole game plan is ultimately we want to be able to put medical records at everybody's fingertips. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, 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 that's the 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 ultimate uh, vision vision visions of, of our company, and and we would try to achieve that using what we call the uh, sovereign ID, which is going to be sovereign ID, sovereign ID, mm-hmm. sovereign ID which is going to be built on a. DAG or directed SQL graph. Okay, we'll go into that a little bit more about DAG as well as the sovereign ID on the difference between that and blockchain. But before that, perhaps I want to go into um, what you were saying about information at everyone's fingertips. So usually, I would say um, 
usually healthcare information is very highly sensitive or yes, yes, like yes, yes, yes. like like it's very uh, sensitive information and people are concerned about the data security so to say so how um how do you manage this um uh, this expectation of uh, data security even though you the vision is to be at everyone's fingertips okay, okay. that's that's an excellent questions um now to address that we we th- we let me put it to scenario let's say as a patient If you know that your data that going to push up to the cloud, if you like, mm-hmm. we have no idea of yours. There's no name, no phone number, no email address, no home address, no nothing except your vital signs, maybe your medications, your discharge summary, your lab report, your images, mm-hmm. and, and radiology report. So all this will be anonymized mm-hmm. first. Now, then... Second thing is that all, how then of course anonymized without the name. How do we link all this data between multiple hospitals? The health ID or the self sovereign ID is something we create mm-hmm. to link up all this data because since we're not not don't have your names, don't have your IC number, don't have anything. And the other thing is the data on the cloud. Every single piece of records there will be encrypted. Mm-hmm. and can only be viewed using the patient's phone if you like okay, okay so the, the patient's uh-huh. uh, smartphone is the key only so it's like the sensor which is li- like your finger uh um when you think a qr rotating qr meaning okay. meaning you can the patient will go you need a second opinion you go to hospital uh, the doctor's desktop would have the qr code running You just scan. Mm-hmm. It's just like your WhatsApp or WeChat kind of QR code scanning. Uh, then you you then your data will be uh, downloaded and display on the doctor's desktop. Mm-hmm. You see to 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 make it uh, easier. So there's there's no need for patients to remember passwords. Mm-hmm. You see because one of the thing the challenge is that we have just too many passwords. Yeah. So we decided to. Hey, can we maybe we get rid of the password and all? Because at the end of the day, you can also protect your your app using your phones. Mm-hmm. You know, it says if you put another layer of password here, password there, mm-hmm. that becomes very user unfriendly. If you like, mm-hmm. very unusable. So mm-hmm. that, that's why we we're all using the mm-hmm. the the QR code. Scanning. So say if the phone is stolen, so what will be the measure? Very good questions. Yeah. yeah. So there, 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 there are three things you can do. One, one is of course you create another account. Mm-hmm. <coughs> the account is free anyway. So you create an account. Then you have to go back to every hospital and scan their QR code to mm-hmm. say, <coughs> sorry, no way. To say that uh, okay, here is my consent for you to access my data and yep. also upload my data. So it mm-hmm. has to be with patient consent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you scan the data will be there. Mm-hmm. So <coughs> there's one way. The other way is to print out a copy of your secret key, if you like. Oh, okay. Okay, you print it out. Paper wallet in crypto terms, in blockchain <laughs> terms, so paper wallet. So you get a new phone, you just scan that, you get back your mm-hmm. ID. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they don't really have to worry much about that no, security no. because it's all covered. It's all covered. And then the th- third way is uh, probably too many options, yeah? No, <laughs> no, no. Options are gone. <laughs> So the third option would be, uh, we're using some kind of cryptography uh, to 
break the password, for example, into five portions, then you can send to five people whom you can trust. And then as long as three people send you back the key, you can assemble into your, 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 your pass key again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all cryptography. So these are three ways that, that it can be recovered. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, let's get uh so let's get back to the difference between directed acryl acyclic uh, directed acyclic graph DAG versus blockchain. So why is smart ops using DAG instead of the normal uh blockchain that is under the distributed ledger technology? I, okay, blockchain. If you look at the differences, uh, blockchain is 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 a series of uh, uh, blocks of data that link to each other, and is is good in a way. Their their disadvantage is that um, the architecture in such a way that for IoT kind of solutions that what we are in, uh, if we have thousands or millions of IoT devices that are sending data in. Um, then the performance is an issue, scalability is an issue. For example, blockchain takes uh, 10 minutes to create a block. Mm-hmm. Transaction is only 7 transactions per second for, 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 for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is um, not very usable under mm-hmm. the IoT kind of environment because IoT, you've got billions of Internet of Things devices. Yeah. So that is not... Second thing is to us is, is, is uh, for blockchain, there's always a transaction fee. Is it yeah. this transaction fee that is involved? And then if the, the data is social is built on, uh, let's say, Ether or something, Ether will charge you again on a gas fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there's another particular fee. You know. mm-hmm. So IOTA is free. Okay. IOTA is there's no transaction fee. Oh, okay? that's interesting. Now, and also IOTA is very scalable. The more people use it, the faster it gets. Mm-hmm. So, so it's the reverse of yeah. blockchain, if you like. like. The more people use it, the slower it gets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so that's what is very attractive to us. Yeah, so fee, scalability, and IOTA has a very huge, uh, probably the largest community in the crypto world. Mm-hmm. Okay? They probably have over 60, 70, 80,000 by now. Mm-hmm. Um, where, so where was it started? It, it started in, in Germany. In Germany. In Germany, okay. yeah. Um, so, and then the worldwide, you know, the, the, the community are very, very committed. There are a lot of open source uh, things that we, we, can, we can jump on. Mm-hmm. And the IOTA foundations are very supportive of all these developments. And, you know, in fact, um, Smart Ops, we are also the, the local so-called volunteers, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, like for advocate I, Advocates, well. yeah, yeah. If, yeah, they call us evangelists, but I'm not sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, we 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 have uh, they, they call it, actually I personally I'm the regional leader for IOTA ecosystem. Uh-huh. Um, so to to promote the technology, um, and also the, if the other thing is that cryptography is something very 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 difficult, and as a small company, there's no way that we can do our you know we can afford to hire cryptographers or, or mathematicians to go into this, you know, blockchain kind of, or DLT kind of. Eh? IOTA itself has almost about 100 employees. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of them are the top-notch mathematicians, cryptographers. You, you basically have access to all these kind of resources and mm-hmm. they, they will make sure that the, the whole IOTA ecosystem or the protocol is, is you know, um, developed uh, mm-hmm. with a future in, play, in, in mind and all those things. And then we just have to worry about how to build something on top of it, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make use of the entire protocol. The other thing very interesting is that and IOTA is probably the only crypto mm-hmm. that is going for international uh, standards. It's oh. going to be a, a standard like ISO. There is already an international standard. Uh, or IOTA, no, no, they are, they are applying. Ah, applying okay. to be a standard for, for the, the rest of the not for the IoT communication oh, I see. protocol. Okay. It's it, it becoming uh, just like a TCP/IP uh-huh. is a standard mm-hmm. protocol. Mm-hmm. So IOTA, they are working on getting it to be a standard protocol okay. to communicate between machines. Oh, uh, okay. because IOTA is designed for machines. Um, is it also between different types of machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah because it's uh, it relates to interoperability. Correct, right? correct, correct, yeah. correct. That's why a standard is very important, but yeah. that could probably take a couple, couple of years before it happens. They, are, they have started that journey already. Yeah, so this is something very exciting uh, mm-hmm. to us. Okay. okay, that sounds really interesting and exciting as well. So, and also, what do you? What was your smartest move so far that you would say that you've made for smart ops? I think I I would think the smartest move that we have made is to, uh, after learning about IOTA and DAG mm-hmm. of blockchain, of course. Uh, actually, in fact, we we were exposed to blockchain only September last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we found it something really cool, something really you know future, you know benefit like, blah blah blah. Viable, viable as kind well. of thing, and, and then then we found IOTA, then so. After that, we have done a lot of research. We've done a lot of work on it. And now we are migrating. I think the smartest decision would be we're migrating our entire um, patient or remote health monitoring system mm-hmm. to IOTA platform. Mm-hmm. So <coughs> we're using IOTA cryptography in our health app yeah. for user registration. Mm-hmm. So first thing is that we no longer need to worry about SMS. Because I don't need your eye. The reason that people need your handphone number is, yeah, they want to keep it for some other purpose. Communication, communication marketing sometimes. <coughs> Correct. Yeah. And also for authentication, so then you can send you something a some, code to authenticate. Yeah, code, yeah. We use IOTA to do authentication, so mm-hmm. we do not need your, your phone, phone number, number at all. So okay. that what that means is that um, we can deploy our app worldwide, globally, without worrying about, you know, Vietnam SMS is very expensive, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. There's certain yeah, certain sure. country, you know, maybe Cuba may be very expensive. Maybe in US it's really cheap, mm-hmm. you know, it's negligible. So it helps us to 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 build something that is very uh we call it financially viable. 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 Uh so then I <clears throat> then see the getting Involved in IOTA ecosystem also allow us to connect to very good people. Uh, you know, I'm the member of the IOTA Evangelist Network with uh, participants for about 40 over 50 countries. Yeah. So every week we would have a, a, a conference call yeah. to update each other what's going on. So that means we would have access to 
resources and talents and exchanges of new ideas. Yeah. Okay. And where did things get tough? When did things get tough? Is there, what's your biggest setback? Perhaps like, you know, in, in your whole operations, when was it, when was the toughest moment and how do you be, uh, overcome them? <sighs> that, that's a very tough question. Yeah. yeah. So the, the toughest one, I, I think for us definitely is a funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very, 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 very small uh, company. Of course, the, the, the initial failure, if you like, in, in terms of the appliance development, you know, uh, definitely is tough. You know, we, we lost a, a lot of time and money into investment into that. Because the whole operation is we are doing it on a self-funding model. We don't have fundings at all. Self-funding. Self-funding, yeah. We, we do um, hospital IT uh, project management consultancy jobs, mm-hmm. make the money and inject into these projects. Mm-hmm. And the other challenge for us is uh, uh, um, getting talents locally yeah. because we, we are so, so small. You know, to attract people to join our company, is it is very, very tough. Hence, know? IOTA helps having that kind of like network with them as well. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Daily, daily helps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Daily helps. How, how do you find operating um, in Malaysia? How do you find the ecosystem of blockchain, the friendliness? And are we going to the right, dire- right direction? I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm very... Uh, Okay, to be, to be honest, I, I I haven't experienced anything that I need to use blockchain to do my things yet. Mm-hmm. So i not seeing any use cases mm-hmm. yet, uh, except I think maybe CIMB uh, partnership with SRP. Yeah. Uh, That's probably the only one I'm mm-hmm. seeing. Other than that, I don't see any use it's still cases. It's quite at its, it's infancy. Quite at infancy. But of course, that, having said that, that is a good opportunity because in infancy, then this is a time that to, to jump in. If you can find something that, that everybody will adopt it, then you will hit mm-hmm. the jackpot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where do you want your company to be in for the next, say, a f- couple of years, three to five years perhaps? And do you think you can possibly achieve the, the, I mean, the impact that you want, that you want to achieve? Yeah, I... I... <coughs> yeah, in a couple of years' time, we, we really hope we can be a global player uh, in, in the arenas of uh, mm-hmm. putting, again, mm-hmm. uh, medical record on, mm-hmm. on the every user's uh, um, um, fingertips, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. would be hopefully we, we, the preferred app or, or, you know, for the people would choose for their medical record yeah. uh, management. Uh, can we achieve it? I think we have a good chance. Uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I think we have a good chance. Uh, we have one hospital locally who agreed to work with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, through the 20 over years of experience in ho- hospital IT, we also have very good relationship with hospital information system vendors mm-hmm. who probably can help us to, um, you know, talk to other hospitals mm-hmm. and, 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 and promote the idea. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that you know, one of the, the, the key drivers would be you know, like uh, Malaysia Health Tourism, uh, you know, um, Bureau or Association. We, 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 do, we do have a lot of uh, foreign yeah. medical tourists. Imagine when they can go back home with their medical bring, records. They yeah. can bring the records with them instead of a whole pile of papers. Mm-hmm. You see, and including their X-ray images. So anywhere in the world, if they go, they have the medical records with them. Correct. And with the medical records, then only doctors can diagnose properly, right? Exactly. Proper diagnosis is usually with information. Correct. Yes. So, 
Fun question. So if, let's say, if there's one person who can help your business grow and for and mass adoption of this technology of healthcare monitoring using the AG, who do you think that would be? Unfortunately, we don't think there's any one person who can help. We think it's the patient or the public okay. themselves. One say, group of one people. One group is the public or the, the patient who starts screaming and say, look, you know, I want to have access to my personal medical record. Because at the moment, yeah. there's no such access allowed. You know, is you want to get a scan That's opinion, true. you need to go to the pay some money for the medical reports. Yeah. You need to carry the CD, bring to the other yeah. side. And you have to call the other hospital and call them to get your medical records transferred. Correct. Yeah, that's correct, true. Correct. So basically, it's the public. Yeah, yeah, that's it, definitely interesting. It, something yeah. that is that would um, that would be like a revolution in terms of healthcare. Um, I mean, improvements in healthcare treatments. I would say. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Correct. It's, it's some, some, something we, we use the terms that we say we, we are trying to democratize the Dem- healthcare mm-hmm. in the sense that so patient will have access to their records, you know, mm-hmm. you know, rather mm-hmm. than just sitting in the hospital yeah. silos. And the other thing also, we hope this technology will allow uh, uh, countries of uh, you know uh, maybe less developed, they can send their their data to a, an, a, another country for mm-hmm. second opinion electronically because and then anonymously. See, yeah. my data is on the on the on the portal. So if I have a doctor, for example, in Australia or in the US, registered with us, then the patient can say, "Okay, can you take a look at my data and give me your opinion?" Mm-hmm. Of course, for fee. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is that I don't have to open to you who I am. If I, I could, if I want to. Mm-hmm. So so this is something that what we're trying to mm-hmm. achieve also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just as a final say, Mr. Ryan. So yeah. if our listeners wants to know more about smart ops and also this um, healthcare monitoring system, so how uh, where can they find you or how can they support? They can go to our website, www.smartops.smartopz.com, or look for me in LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. It's Brian Bok. Yeah. yeah, in LinkedIn. Yeah. So thank you very much for your time today. So it's really insightful and interesting um, on this technology, on IOTA, on DEG and the difference between blockchain. So I really appreciate your time for coming here. And thank you very much, Mr. Brian. Hey, thank you very much, Zaza and Lily. Lily, appreciate for giving us an opportunity to share our views. Yeah, yeah. thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This podcast series is a collaboration between EFM of Global Entrepreneurship Movement Association and Access Blockchain Association Malaysia. For more insightful conversations, find us on efm.live.